Today we're going to try and cover and finish off these, the study on these two little letters, one and two Timothy and Titus, uh, how to conduct yourself in the household of God, the church, the pillar and foundation of truth. And we're going to be looking at a few of the other things that we need to be doing, doing it biblically, that in these two, three letters, Paul helps us by the Spirit of God's inspiration to understand how to handle most everything that happens in the life of the church, what we should teach, what we should avoid, what we should embrace, what we should be doing, what we should be. And we're going to look at um, handling uh, accusations against elders and then against the people of God in the church. And so if you just would turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and uh, looking at verse 19 and 20. It says, do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. It would seem to me that eldership, God doesn't want us just to be talking about elders and throwing around charges and accusations like the church does. That's not the right way. And the church leaders and the preachers in the body of Christ need to be teaching people how we need to uh, conduct ourselves. If we've got problems with elders, if there are accusations against them, there's a right way to do it. And I'm going to give you some chapters, verses and scriptures that you can look up for yourself, and I hope you do. But I want us to, to look at this one. It says, Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Those who sin are to be rebuked publicly so that the others may take warning. So church discipline usually goes to one of two extremes. We either sweep it under the carpet and leave it and act like it never happened, and that just perpetuates the problem. It doesn't deal with the problem, and it just weakens the life of the church and uh, in its effectiveness and fruitfulness. The other extreme, of course, is that we come down so hard on people that we destroy them destroy all hope, we just write them off, we treat them worse than the devil. And I've seen that so often, that elders that have sinned, there's just no hope for them. They treat it worse than demon-possessed people, witchcraft, people that are involved in the occult. We, go, we show them more grace than God's servants who failed up. So Paul is saying here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we're not to entertain an accusation against an elder unless the people, there's going to be two or three witnesses, and those people that are bringing the witnesses have to have evidence. It's not just a rumor. It's not, sort of, not a made-up story or something I imagined or some way of getting even. There got to be two or three witnesses. And so if a person comes to us and says, I've got this accusation against an elder, we need to say, well, go and bring two or three witnesses. And then we'll deal with this. So don't overreact and don't destroy people being too severe, too harsh, like evangelical cops, but don't sweep it under the carpet either. The disciplining of church members and, and elders and uh, any in the body of Christ is laid out in a, a number of different scriptures. I want to give you a few of them. 
In Matthew chapter 18 from verse 15, for a few verses on, 15, 16, etc., it tells us there that uh, if someone's got a, a charge against somebody in the body of Christ, then we need to, they need, they need to, let, let me just read it to you in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15. It's just, uh, it's quite an amazing thing that it's here and some few people actually do it. He says this, if your brother, verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. So start there. And that could be even with an elder. You go and tell him what you see is wrong. If, if he listens to you, you've won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So it's concurring with what Paul is telling Timothy. And that's actually is found in uh, Deuteronomy 19 verses 15 to 21, that any charge, any accusation against someone in the, in, in, amongst the people of, of that day of God, that they had to have witnesses. You can't entertain them, you can't accuse them, you can't charge them, unless there are two or three witnesses. And so reading on here in, in Matthew chapter 18, he says, uh, if he refuses to listen to them, the two or three witnesses, and if he refuses to listen, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. And then he goes on and says, Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I, there I am in with them. So the, the, the power of two or three witnesses, people in agreement, it can bind and it can loose. <clears throat> uh, let me just give you a few other scriptures. In Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, if a man is divisive, eventually after warning them, we have to have nothing more to do with them. 1 Corinthians, the whole of chapter 5 is all about church discipline. Read it for yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through to 11. 2 Corinthians 2, 5 to 11. They are such important scriptures. And then again in Galatians chapter 6, we'll read this a little later on. Verses 1 through to 5, Galatians 6, 1 to 5. Again in 2 Thessalonians, and I think it's chapter 3, verses 6 through to 16. Again in 2 Timothy 2, verses 23 to 26. Titus chapter 3, verse 10, warn him once, warn him twice, have nothing more to do with him. And then again in 2 John, chapter, uh, 2 John, verses 9 through to 11. See, the disciplining of leaders and the disciplining of, of anyone really is the, the purpose of disciplining is restoration, not relig uh, ridicule or revenge. Our attitude and our approach must be loving and tender, desiring to see them restored, not to be destroyed. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through to 3, well, it's actually verses 1 through to 5, i just like to quickly turn there and uh, read a, a few of them. It says there, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. And then he says this, But watch yourself, 
or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This is really in the act of restoration, accusation, restoring people that have sinned. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one of us should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. <clears throat> Restore him gently. Moving on. The scriptures are telling us clearly that we need to be sure of our facts, hence the need for witnesses. And those who make the accusations must be able to support and substantiate them with witnesses. And do everything openly. I'm watching what's happening around the body of Christ. Uh, it's just sad. People are hiding sin. And it's all coming back to bite them. <clears throat> do it openly, publicly, and do it biblically. You can't let somebody who's got something against someone in the eldership or even in the church stand up and publicly make all these accusations and not refer back to the Bible. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Rebuke, rebuke them publicly, no under-the-counter cloak and dagger, dagger uh, politics. Just rebuke them publicly, as 1 Timothy 5.20 tells us. <clears throat> so, to sum up that little part of it here, yeah, just this uh, handling the, the uh, accusations against elders, can I just say this, do everything, <clears throat> do everything openly, yes, but obey God's word, no matter what your personal feelings, as 1 Timothy 5.21 tells us, everyone must be treated equally. And then moving on, another part of what the church should be doing, I've told you that we should be looking for, on the lookout for, for potential leadership, eldership and deacons rising up and becoming part of God's fishing pool so that when the church grows, God can just find, has a fishing pool that he can just say, release this person, release that person. We don't have to import them from all over the world. We've been training them up. But we need the translocal team that we relate to, to help us in the ordination of, of elders. And you, you'll see uh, the, the translocal team can help us to identify potential elders, some we haven't thought of, and they can also endorse those we have thought of or warn us against it. I don't know how many times through my leadership years uh, leading that team, uh, people were brought to me, uh, what do you think of this guy? And it's such a hard thing after you've insinuated to them you're going to release them into leadership, it's so hard to, uh, for you to have to go back and say, we can't do this. And unfortunately, some people hid behind my name and said, Dudley said we can't. When it wasn't Dudley, it was the Word of God. So let them help you before you make any promises to any people or even in innuendos. Be sure that the translocal team is involved in that whole um, process of releasing and ordaining elders. 
And then the Trans Circle team also needs to be in, involved ongoingly in the helping and training and releasing and raising up of more leaders and the, the present leaders that when they come into the church, have them do what part of their uh, job description is, their duties are in training up leaders, helping them to get them established in all of the Word of God and become better and more effective and fruitful for God. So the Transcycle team should even be helping you to, to know how to get to, to take people off the eldership when, we've, when you've made a mistake. So Then it goes on to, I'm just, I'm just looking at my, the time and thinking, I can't have a th another session after this, so I'm going to move on quickly. And then we've got to see what chapter 5 tells us about how we're to handle church, different church members, older people, older men in chapter 5, verse 1, younger men in chapter 5, verse 1, older women, younger women, widows, chapter 5, verses 3 to 6, servants, uh, the arrogant and the rebellious, the rich, all of this is in these uh, lessons. In the arrogant and the rebellious, we're told how to deal with them in chapter 6, verses 3 to 5. Uh, the rich and their riches and how to use them and how they, how they should hand, uh, be, treat people. Uh, in, in chapter 6, this is uh, Timothy, chapter 6, verses 6 to 10, and then verses 17 and 19. And then in chapter 2, believers in general, how to handle believers in general, chapter 2, verses 1 through to 8. There you see that we need to be helping the church to pray, helping them with intercession, with thanksgiving, and even with authorities, as verses 8 to 15 show us. And then in trying to close off now, can I just say this? We need to know how to read a meeting. I've covered this in previous study, uh, messages that I've preached that are online. But I want to just touch this very briefly in finishing. I've got about seven minutes, six minutes to do this. First of all, in the meeting itself, we've got to discern what God is trying to do. What's God attempting to do in our midst and through our midst into the world, the nations? Is the worship team so-called, that music team, are they hitting it Can I, or are they missing it? You know, we can sing songs and, and God's not in it. Uh, if, if you as lead, that's part of leadership that they are to find out, look, this is going nowhere. It's God's not being able to be released in our midst to do what he wants to. We've, we're trying to fit God into our agenda, our songs. Then, then we've got to do something about it. If they're missing it, the, 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 lead, the, uh, music team is missing it, well, then the elders need to step in and try to do something about it. You can't be living in fear of the reaction of that, that uh, music leader, the, team, the music team leader. You've got to do what God wants and do it biblically. So step in there. And then ask yourself the question, in what is taking place right now, whatever part of the meeting it is, even your preaching, is, it, is, the life, is there life in it? Does what taking is taking place, does it need some more explanation? Does it need some time to, uh, to let God just de get that into us, uh, trying to, what he's saying and what he's trying to do? And then when others stand up and, and want to get involved, as the 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14 tells us, uh, one stands up, the other got to be quiet. 
the next person that stands up or says something or ministers, are they cutting across what God is still trying to do or moving away from what God's doing too early? Is somebody trying to force something to happen? I don't know why elders allow other elders to force things, start to scream at the public, start to uh, tell them, sing louder, get better, give it Man, if God's in the midst, I don't see them in the Bible telling people, stand up and shout and, you know, come on, give us a J, give us a E, give us a S, give us a U, give us a S. What does that spell, Jesus? We're just trying to work up the crowd. Elders need to step in, even if an elder's doing that, even if it's the visionary elder. The other elders need to say, whoa, wait a minute, we're forcing things. We're trying to make things happen that God's not doing. I hope this makes sense to you. So to summarize my last two minutes or so, three minutes, read 2 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 through to 5 again. Preach the word. Be a man for all seasons. Convince rebuke, exhort or encourage, be watchful, evangelize, reach out and try to see people coming to Christ, fulfill your ministry, make sure you do all and complete everything God wants you to do. God bless you. Be good leaders and give it all you've got and expect a harvest while you enjoy the ministry. God bless. Jesus.